1: My name, Steve Lippmann, joined as always by my two dear friends, Emily Connell, Dan Volpone. I ask you both the same question and do not be intimidated if you answer it second. Um, Don't feel pressure to answer something you don't mean. What is your screen time on average? Um, I get these notifications. It ruins my day. Emily, you go first. What is your screen time in general?
2: um it's pretty bad I'm try- okay that's I'm looking terrible. at my- I got my report this morning okay last mm-hmm. <laughs> this is terrible this is awful and embarrassing mm-hmm. my average screen time is seven hours and 45 minutes
1: okay listen that's like more than I expected
2: <laughs> in my defense I'm not
1: shaming you but that's more I was- mine in my mine defense, is higher than that
2: off work last week
3: oh
2: higher I- that's a full work day
3: no, I... How many hours are you awake? You know, like 16. <laughs> but, like, I've had, like, Zoom class. I had Zoom class all of last year. So that would have been pushing, like... I had, I had fewer hours when I was off. because I was, like, sitting around in class on my computer all day. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was, like... That could have been up to, like, you know, nine hours a day. But the... Uh, like, more recently... I think this week I was lower. I was only like almost. I was a little under seven, but I'm usually around eight.
1: Even now, around eight.
3: Even now, okay.
2: And my pickups are like 169 times a day. Oh, I didn't
1: know you track that.
2: Yeah, it's like like how many times a day you pick your phone up, and then it tells you like what is the first app you use when you pick your phone up. So it's like normally my text messages, but sometimes it's Twitter. Sure. mostly text messages um Did
1: they and tell I, you put downs and it's like two <laughs> like, <can laughs> i just hold it? it in
2: my hand at all <laughs> well, time. i think you
3: have
1: to put it down to pick it up steve
2: Fair.
1: it's true it's true it's a double-edged yeah. sword it's like you ever talk to somebody and they're like oh i'm sorry i just saw my phone it's like i never just see my phone i always have my phone like it's never that i don't i don't have. yeah phone.
2: it's just a lie that people tell you
1: it is a lie um Well, okay. We're, we're screen time freaks and um, we're happy to be here. Um, The Sixers continue to play basketball and they had a successful week. They beat the, they did not play the Rockets. um, Contrary to popular belief. They didn't play the Rockets this week. Even once they beat the Pelicans. They beat the Lakers without LeBron who was scratched for the game that Emily, I believe you went to, correct? Did you go to the Lakers game or you going to, you did. I
2: did. Um, that's Emily the went one to the where i game. What, got to go to the whatever main level Cadillac right. Club. And
1: we went to the Eyes Wide Shut party downstairs uh, <laughs> yeah. at the Lakers game. <laughs> and um, we have to have we have to really hear about that. Um, and then Dan went to the Kings game and the Pelicans um, game.
3: Oh and Dan went to the, I'm the and only. I'm going to the I'm going to the Grizzlies game too. I just go every all unbelievable.
1: i am going to that
2: one. Over. I'll be at the Grizzlies game. I'll see
3: you there i hate
1: this I'm, I'm at none of these games move we need to, to get true to a game i need to move back to philly um so i don't know how much there is dan then you probably remember better than uh, either of us was there much to discuss about the pelicans game um oh something that we can discuss about the pelicans game is that uh joel and uh uh alvarado the sixers or the phillies reliever who's also the name of a uh Ten uh, day contract guy or G League call up on
3: the. Um,
1: He's television. a two way now. He
3: was ten day,
1: right? He's a two way now. He had a great clip um, at MSG talking about how excited he was that he had a good game and was doing a post game interview. Very likable guy. He and he and this Alvarado guy got in a back and forth, and they both got teed up. And then subsequently, when you get teed up, they find you, like twenty five hundred dollars or something. And Joel paid this guy's fine after the game because Joel had initiated the shit-talking and Joel picked up his tab. Dan, was there more from that Pelicans game that, that you remember to, to discuss here? Uh, the, you know, the Sixers won. I'm sure Joel played great. Was there anything else?
3: I mean, that was kind of the start of, like, the... <laughs> I feel like that's, like, the talking point of the week is, like, oh, Joel's been saving himself, which started in that game. Um, the first he, half, he was coasting, right? I mean, Hernan Gomez was doing whatever he wanted joel wasn't really providing much defensive resistance um in that first half but finished the game with like four blocks he had 42 points um and just really took over in the second half the sixers were down 10 and then i think one by 10 so um and then you know he did it in that um the, the, the lakers game they kind of controlled throughout but the uh the Kings game, they were down 17 and went up by, I think, 10. And that got cut down to two on some crazy Halliburton shots and a kind of, you know, iffy five-second call at the end. But um, kind of the same thing where it's like, you know, Joel had one field goal in the first half and finished the game with 36 points.
1: Yeah. I, so do you guys have a problem at all with Joel doing some in-game coasting? Um, I don't. I I think part of like playing so many games, which he really has, hes played so many games uh, except for uh, missing time with COVID earlier in the year. Part of that, especially if you're his size and the workload and and responsibility load that he carries on this team right now um, is learning how you can do that and be fresh at the end of games and especially deliver himself fresh at the end of the season you know the only thing about this is that it's hard to build a big lead where he only has to play 25 minutes in a game um it's nearly impossible for them to do that because the rest of the team isn't really talented enough to separate enough uh where he just doesn't come back into the game um but you really can't have your cake and eat it too so if this is the way that he needs to do it i i I, you know i I leave that up to him and, and the coaching staff really emily uh, what, what do you think about this sort of philosophy that he has come up with here
2: yeah it's fine with me um, it's not like he doesn't isn't doing what he needs to do in the second half and the, if you see his final stat line now that that's the end all be all but you would never realize that he would have slow first halves. So you'd be like this man has to be playing like balls to the walls the entire time but he's that good that he can kind of pick and chooses moments and then he really has it for when you know the team needs his energy so I think that that's kind of important that it's not expended um at times when they maybe don't need it
1: um they played the Lakers uh LeBron was scratched from this game which is a bummer I want to play them you know with all the guys with all the juice you know but Emily you can speak to this it seemed like the arena was really into it a little too into it uh we can talk about that Uh, -uh. Uh, there's a fan who was ejected from the game who got into it with Mello. Uh, we don't have to, we've talked about shit like this before, you know, we would talk about it if a Sixers fan or if a Sixer got into it with another, uh, team's fans, uh, in this way. And Chris Haynes reported that, uh, they were ejected for taunting Mello and kept calling him boy and yelling, get in the corner boy and keep shooting boy. Uh, It was, it it was reported that this is not the fans first and only interaction like this, where, where it was not his first infraction. Uh, The fan was banned for life from the stadium um, and he will not be back there. Don't do this shit. It's shitty. Like very obviously, you know, we've said it a million times there are things you're allowed to do there and then there are things that fall outside the lines of human decency and fall within the lines of racism and uh, objectively being a piece of shit so that's that's that and and I don't I can't imagine we have much more to discuss on it other than that um otherwise in the Lakers game Anthony Davis was so good in this game now Joel always kills him but AD was excellent in this game Lakers lost. The game never felt all that close. Um, I don't know, Emily, you were there. Like, what was it like, you know, Joel wasn't particularly great in this game. He had a very good stat line in the end. He only had 26 points, but everything else looked really good from him. Um, What were your takeaways from being there?
2: Um, So in all honesty, I was really only there quote unquote, for the first quarter um, because I got, I have season tickets. There was a raffle. I want a bracelet to go down to like the main level area and it was like open bar, all inclusive, anything you could want to eat. Um, and so the energy down there is a little different because it wasn't like I could go, then go to a courtside seat. Like I was not allowed back out onto the, into the arena area. So I was just like under watching on a TV. Um, but it was, the first quarter was really fun. I was into it. Um, and then it wasn't, but it was never the kind of game where I kind of felt like I had to like stare at the TV and watch really intently because they kind of seem to just like have it in hand the whole time. It never really like was too stressful. And I also really love that like a Joel with game with a not impressive stat line is 26 points. So that's fun.
1: Um, so you, you mentioned open bar, open food, when you and Jordy get in there, are you thinking, cause when I hear open bar, listen, I'm not, a rich man. If I hear open bar, I take advantage of the open bar and I'm getting an Uber and I'm trying to get home and figure out what day it is when I can figure it out. But when you guys get in there, are you worried that you're going to like throw up on M. Night Shyamalan or what are you, what are you thinking when you get in the open bar?
2: Um, I'm not normally concerned with throwing up on people. I've never done that knock on wood. So it's not like in my bag of like drunken tricks to like throw up on people. Um, so I wasn't worried about that. I was mostly kind of pissed that i ate dinner before i went ah, because sure. then i had to eat two dinners because there it's not like i wasn't going to eat a dinner's worth of food so then of i just course. had to be like very full and eat two dinners they have shrimp cocktail down there wow yeah
1: the other half
2: yeah seriously and uh geordie got to meet jimmy rollins which was very cool and because he rang the bell, and then he was just like hanging out down there with his wife and his friend. And Jordy said hi, and and that's the only famous person I saw though. I was looking for Meek Mill and M Night, but I didn't see them. But yeah, it was fun.
1: Wow, great, um, Dan. Any other takeaways from the uh, Sixers LA game, the uh, the Lakers game in the middle of the week there?
3: Not really. Um, you know, Joel struggled. Um, they, it is weird. I mean, he, what did he have? 42, 26 and 36 this week. I was like, eh, he he didn't have that good of a week. Like, honestly, like he was (laughs) for him, like he was, he was good. Like he, he, like he's still, you know, phenomenal, but I don't think he had that good of a week by his own standards. Um, But uh, the rest of the team played really well in that Lakers game um, and really no one besides Davis played that well. Um, And, you know, Davis's numbers were more impressive and you know when they went head-to-head I think Davis got the better of him a little bit but you know Joel's getting doubled all over the place and he's getting more attention so um, I I think that there's also some context there and that's really my only other takeaway. So then we get to uh,
1: the final game of the week which was Saturday Uh, what looked like a pretty competitive game where Sacramento was up for most of the game a real showcase for Tyrese Halliburton who we have lusted after for a while on this podcast for many reasons it makes a lot of sense that he would be a target in a Ben trade we'll talk later about specifically the reports out of the Ben situation and out of Sacramento um Dan I take it this might have been your first time watching Halliburton live um and like what was it like there's a picture going around of Joel and him hugging and talking which of course we love um, you know, they asked like Danny Green and Joe after the game, what was, what did you think of watching Halliburton out there? Joel was very effective again. You said like 36, 12, and seven or something. Um, you know, what were your takeaways watching that game live? It was a pretty, I, I think, pretty solid win from them from a Sacramento team that, um, you know, certainly gave their all and gave a run for it, um, but, but a, a solid win against a team that they should be.
3: Yeah, um, you know, Joel played well, um, played really well in the third quarter. Um, Halliburton was killing him. Uh, He was – they don't really have anyone to guard him, so that helps. Um, But he couldn't miss a shot out there, uh, which I don't know. I would like that guy on the Sixers. Uh, He's a good passer, great shooter. Like, just kind of fine at everything else. They, um, you know, they played well. They played hard. It, it's – they've been getting killed by everyone. It shouldn't have been that close. Um, but, again, like, the Sixers have a best player who is probably gassed at this point. Um, and so, like, they're going to play teams close just because, like, he can't go out there and be a 100% for for – you know the first, whatever the first twenty-four minutes that he plays, if he wants to be good for his, you know, nine-minute stretch in the fourth quarter, he only played like five in the fourth quarter of this game. But like, he's he's playing every game now, which he's never done. And you know, you can tell, like in that Lakers game, he was holding his knees a bit, and that kind of work. Yeah, he was bending was thinking, over a lot. Yeah. I was like, maybe they'll hold him out, and so like he's tired. I think that's the, the biggest thing. It's like, he's exhausted. Yeah.
1: Um, so it, when you look at the sort of state of things here, Dan, you're pretty much all over the betting odds day to day with Joel, but right now he is, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. He is the odds on favorite right now to win the MVP award. Um, yeah. That's very cool. That's wonderful. I love that. Um, He is, I think, 0.2 points behind Kevin Durant to lead the league in scoring right now. um, He's just on a tear. Um, Hope he can keep it going. I hope they figure out a way to, uh, you know, keep him fresh. What he very clearly does and is cognizant of is what team he's playing. Joel plays very differently if they're playing Golden State or if they're playing Orlando. Doc Rivers will tell you in the media that there's zero difference in the teams around the league, that you play everybody the exact same and a win is a win no matter what. But Joel, I I think it's very obvious that he plays very differently in the first quarter against Golden State or against Milwaukee than he does against these other teams that he thinks the Sixers should beat. And if he needs to turn it on in the second half, you know, like we've been talking about, then he will, and it's very smart. Um, You know, also from this week, Tobias is playing way better. He's just had a much better month of January here, which the Sixers ha- can really use for multiple reasons. Uh, certainly, I think they still would like to be able to trade him at the deadline if they could. I don't know how realistic that is. But also, they need good players on the team. And if, he can, if his shots will go in, they could use that for sure. Um, and uh, it's been encouraging just to she- see his shots go in. Because when we've talked about when his shots aren't going in, it's really hard to... He doesn't, he doesn't do a ton for them other than that. So um, seeing his shot go, going in, especially because he had a shoulder thing that I'm sure he still has somewhat of. And I'm just, you know, he's playing through that, obviously. And, and to see his shot go in, I'm sure, is helpful for Joel and everybody else. Seth is back now. Danny's back. They're working him back slowly. Shake is still out with the back thing. He's at Honeygrow. He's picked up a shift at Honeygrow, But um, it's, uh, you know, he's still... Doc says, Doc loves to say in the media that he could beat Shake in a race. Um, but uh, but I think Drummond has been really good. I, I've been shocked and, and delighted at the Andre Drummond experience. Emily, anything else on the, the guys from around the team this week? And, um, you know, they, they won all three games this week. The schedule gets a little bit more difficult after this week, but uh, anything else on the the rest of the team from this week before we move on?
2: Um, not too much The Tobias stuff is promising. I was really, really happy to have Seth back. I think they missed him a lot. Those games. Um, I mean, they still won, but I just think he's just like a solid dependable shooter. And I think they missed that. Um, and speaking of Tobias, I got those cookies that he, uh, Oh, you did shills on Instagram. Yeah.
1: He shows them hard.
2: He does. He's like their brand ambassador or something. They're real good. They were really good
1: what are they like is there shit in the middle
2: um so they are like they have a different menu every week so you can only get like four or five different types of cookies so it's kind of like you have to keep going back to get all like the flavors um Mm -hmm. but they're just like huge and they have like i had one that was like oatmeal with rolos baked into it and it was served warm and it had like caramel all over the top and it was like it was like big (laughs) it was delicious Mm -hmm. um we had, where is
1: this because it says main line which is where it's in uh, where it's in
2: like winwood it's by the whole foods
1: oh, um this is where my parents live yeah
2: yeah it's right across the street from the whole foods next to like cool the the indian place and like near anthony's coal fire pizza there's one of the yeah yeah, right yeah. There. it's right sure. there
1: yeah awesome well that's good. And I the, recommend Tobias, them; they're delicious. Tobias, best thing about these cookies is that they're real, and they're in real life. You can pick them up and hold them. So <laughs> let's get into them. these. You can do anything with them. They're they're real. Um, and Dan, anything else uh, from the the rest of the squad other than Joel uh, throughout this week? I agree with you, by the way. Seth coming back, I'm sure, is excellent for Joel. Joel just has great synergy with with uh Seth. There was a cool article on the Ringer, by the way, about Seth. Yeah. Uh, about how. Uh, superstars love mm. to play with Seth. Uh, Dan, anything else?
3: No, I mean, I agree Tobias was was better. Um, you're not getting off of him, right? Like, we're kind of at that point. You don't point, think so? Right? No. Um, Everybody's so denying it. It seemed like for a minute there they were. You just have to hope, like, he can be closer to what he was last year. Not, and, you know, not just making shots, but just, like, playing faster, not being a ball stopper. Um, yeah. And, like, just be a... Be a You know, just do your job, which is to make life easier for Joel. Your job is not to be, you know, a great scorer for this team. Um, We need you to not make things harder on Joel, and it would be great if you could knock down some shots. And he did that this week. Um, Yeah, this is his best week in a long time. Um, Just like I think this is the first time where we can say he, like, he had three good games in a week all year. Uh, which is a, a really low bar for a guy making $35 million this year, but really, really most NBA players, uh, like by their own standards, you know, from what you've come to expect from them, you know, maybe in the year before should be able to do that once in a while, but um, I'll take it. I hope that he's, you know, I hope that he's feeling better from COVID or from some kind of energy, uh, injury or some kind of confidence issue or whatever was holding him back, I hope that he is I hope that he's through it and I hope that he can carry this play the rest of the season. So we'll see.
1: His his month of January overall, uh his percentages are are on the uptick. So I would hope that you know he's probably he's probably not a 41% three-point shooter, but I would hope that he's closer to 38, you know, than he has been in the twenties this year. Uh the other thing. Uh, All-Star voting for the starters happened. Joel, another All-Star game starting. Uh, his fifth in a row on the All-Star team, uh, which was just uh, completely assumed. Andrew Wiggins starting the All-Star game for the West. Unbelievable. Wild.
2: Get uh, vaccinated, starting... start the All-Star game.
1: Look at that. That's what happens when you get vaccinated. He also it's... should not be an All-Star at all. should be an All-Star at all. And yet he's. But did you starting. see that it's a K-pop thing? I haven't... I, I don't know exactly what happened, but apparently the K-pop kids got in there and got Wiggins' a spot. I don't that. really understand. I do enjoy it as a as a um, sort of a effort to shit on Rudy Gobert, who I think deser- deserved a starting spot. But, I, you know, that that's about as far as I can go with it. I certainly don't think he deserved to be an all-star whatsoever, but, you know, good for him. And I think Joel likes him from their time at Kansas. Um, Other than that,
0: anyway. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate At twenty nine dollars, Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
1: It started with Shams and uh, our friend Sam Amick reporting that the Sixers prefer to basically wait on the Ben Simmons thing until this summer, when they want to go after Harden and that um, uh, Within this report. It said that the Sixers have asked the Kings for Tyrese Halliburton and multiple first round picks and have asked for a package around John Collins and multiple first round picks with Atlanta taking on Harris. We can talk about that in sort of a separate discussion. Um, Keith Pompey said that sources indicate that the Sixers are all in for James Harden even if it means prolonging the Simmons thing. Um, uh, He said Harden and his camp have maintained a close relationship with Daryl Morey in addition, Sixers co-owner Michael Rubin is tight with Harden and his friends. Hilarious, Key um, said that sources said that Harden would welcome playing with Embiid if he became a Sixer. The guard has a lot of in, had a lot of individual success playing with Moria as a Rocket. Sources say Harden believes he could have similar success playing alongside uh, Embiid. Then Jake Fisher, friend of the podcast, former Liberty baller had a report about how James is sort of unhappy playing in Brooklyn with the Kyrie bullshit happening, basically saying that um, he has told several confidants, including former teammates and coaches, of his growing interest to explore other opportunities outside of Brooklyn this summer. He has maintained relationships with Maury and people around him, things like that. Um, They asked Harden about these, reports after a game or practice or something and he said of course about his frustration his reported frustration of course I'm frustrated because we're not healthy where there's a lot of inconsistency for whatever reasons injuries COVID whatever you want to call it hilarious I think everybody in this organization is frustrated because we're not better than our record is so Kendrick Perkins now listen we've we've talked about reports from people less reputable than Kendrick Perkins, that's for sure. Perk had Doc Rivers coming to Philly very early and he also said that Simmons was gonna hold out very early. Grain of salt, certainly, since he's not an actual journalist, but I certainly think some people tell him things.
3: He okay, said- Well, uh, also, I mean, Shams isn't an actual journalist either, so.
1: Well, listen, <laughs> would love to have you on the pod, Shams. And also he's friends with our friend, Sam, who Sam is a personal friend of mine, not Emily's. He said. Perk said, now, James Harden's camp was telling people in Philly, we want to come play with Embiid next year. Uh, Howard Beck said on the Athletic NBA Show podcast, this will only be two more hours. He said, "Uh, I'm here to tell you folks, these rumors about Harden and Philadelphia are not coming from Philly. It may also be coming from Philly, but these rumors are not coming from Philly. Then Woj comes in there. He says that James Harden has told Brooklyn, that he is committed to Brooklyn for now, basically, which is not un, which is not disagreeing with anything that had been said, which is that Harden is currently committed to Brooklyn and beyond this year, we don't know. Uh, Woj put out a report that the Nets will not listen to trade uh, deadline overages for James Harden, rooted in the All-Star Guard's repeated insistences to ownership and management that he's committed to the franchise. Basically, uh, for right now, he is there and he's not going anywhere. Then Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports basically said on his podcast, if it does get to the point where it looks like James Harden will be headed to Philly, I was told there will be complaints issued to the league on trying to investigate to see if there was any collusion. And then Chris Haynes wrote a report on that. Woj said Brooklyn ownership management have repeatedly asked James Harden if he's happy and and he has assured them that he is, but He also says Brooklyn has to win for everything to remain on track down the road. All right. There's a lot here. There's a lot going on. Lots of ties of Harden to, to Philadelphia. He's obviously a free agent this summer. And this is related to the Simmons thing because it's, you know, there are a lot of reports where people are saying that they don't think that Simmons is going to get traded February 10th in large part because they think that they're gonna hold Simmons so that they can use him in a sign-in trade. What do you think of all of this stuff with Harden? Do you think it's real? Um, it seems to be real to some extent. Um, and also, do you think it should be prohibiting the Sixers from doing a, a, a Simmons deal right now,
3: Dan? Well, I definitely don't think it should be prohibiting the Sixers from doing a Simmons deal right now. Um, right.
1: I but how how real do you think the Harden stuff is with Philadelphia? And how hesitant are you? How hesitant are you to like bank on this shit? Because okay, for me, I'm sorry, for me, it's like Brooklyn's really good and they're gonna be really good. So how much are we gonna plan around this? Because as much as Harden is, I'm sure, winking at Daryl Morey right now, and even maybe Joel Embiid, they've got three really good players, even if Kyrie Irving is a weirdo with the vaccine and playing part-time only in road games they might just steamroll people and win a bunch of games and gel in the playoffs and he might just stay and and there's the financial incentive of just re-signing with his incumbent team so like i I don't know but there's a ton of smoke them already talking about collusion
3: is like like boy that's a lot so what do you think i mean yeah it's definitely it's real to some degree, like, but the reports aren't James Harden is going to Philadelphia next year. The reports are James Harden is interested. You know, James Harden isn't happy with some things with the Nets. Like, from the Nets, I'm like, oh, Kyrie's annoying you? Well, we'll trade him for some. Like, obviously, I'm trying to keep James Harden more than I'm trying to keep the guy who's worse and only plays road games, right? Like, it's not... I, I'm figuring something out. You know, I'm telling Kyrie, get Vaxter, get traded because James is unhappy or something like that. Like, I'm, if I'm Brooklyn, I'm fighting to keep him. I'm asking him, you know, if he says sign and trade me to Philadelphia, I'd say, hey, how do you feel about uh, Team X in the Western Conference, right? Like, I'm going to ask him about every team in the West before I trade him to the Sixers. Um, so, yeah, I think they're going to do everything they can to have him be a net and, and to also not be a Sixer. Um, that said, I think, you know, if Daryl tampers well enough, sure, I think it's possible, right? It's possible that things don't work out for the Nets. When Harden's fed up and he says, I'm leaving. And they say, well, we want to send you somewhere else. He says, no, figure out, I'm going to Philly, figure out how to get it done. And in that case, yeah, he's going to go to Philly because that's what happens. Uh, and that'd be awesome. I also think that because it takes him doing all of that to get him to Philly, you don't need Ben, right? Like, it's not going to be, they're not going to be like, Oh well, we 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 were gonna like you know let Harden walk, but now it's Ben instead of like Halliburton or whatever. And Halliburton and and useful contracts or whatever that that may be, then they're like, sorry, we're uh you know we're gonna let you walk. Um, that's not gonna happen, right? So it's like those are good enough players they're gonna take. It also wouldn't be. It, it's just not gonna be like the only way. Harden is coming to Philly is specifically if he says, I want to only go to Philly and I want you to make that happen. That's the only way it happens. And so the Sixers, in a signing tree, right. And well, and he'll make more money in, in a opt-in extension right. trade as opposed to becoming a free agent. So he'll want to do that. But in that case, the Nets don't really have the leverage to turn down. Now, obviously they're not going to take Tobias back, but like, they don't have to do it but they're not going to turn down, like, really useful players. Like, Halliburton, first of all, probably has more value than Ben right now, right? Like, besides the fact he's playing, like, the Kings are, from what it seems, out on trading for Ben, if it has to do with Halliburton. And, like, I get it. He scored 38 points on the Sixers. Um, He made every shot. He's 21. He's on a rookie deal. Like, there's a ton of value in what he brings. Um, And his situation. And so, like, if you could go get a guy like that if that if that deal becomes available again or if you go get Collins or someone useful and that's aren't like the Nets aren't turning down John Collins right it's so, like I just don't understand even if that is something you're ultimately banking on you can keep your flexibility open and compete this year and I just I would not let it change what I do with Ben basically because like I said all along the Ben Simmons trade is not the last trade you're ever allowed to make you can get a player and trade him later. You can get a player who helps now and trade him later. Beal doesn't seem to be available at the deadline. If he is, great. I would love to get him. Hey, you like Harden better? You can trade him too. You trade him this summer too. But the guys you want, Harden and and Dane is hurt anyway. Harden's not going to be available at the deadline, it seems, unless something really changes. So go get someone now. And if Harden says, I'm only going to Philly, then the difference between that happening or not happening is it's not whether or not you have that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, the other, and, and, and
1: Emily, like, the Sixers are right now third in the East. They're a game and a half out of first. Um, this season shouldn't just be a wash. Like, uh, it shouldn't. Like, with how good Joel is, with how good the role players fit around him, If they make the Ben deal and get a really good player in the year, you know, forget all star or top 25 or whatever, like they could actually make some noise and still be fluid enough to trade for Harden if that's the move in the summer. Um, So I I don't think that Mori needs to just sort of be forgetting about this year. And, and, you know, but but so what what are your thoughts on that? And what are your thoughts on all the Harden stuff?
2: Um, I definitely agree that they need to make a trade that this team is not perfect and not like a home run finals team, but they're a good team. And it's not like a lot of times when you're trading, you're talking about trades, you're talking about getting rid of active players on your team for other active players. But in this case, we're just talking about getting rid of someone who's not playing. We're not getting... Right. Outside of the talk of the Tobias contract, we're not subtracting anything from this team that we're watching on the court. We're literally just adding a good player or two. So like. That can't hurt. Mm -hmm. It can only make them better and they're pretty good right now. So I think they need to make the trade. Um, As far as the Harden stuff, I don't really know where it's coming from. I don't really think that the Nets will do a deal with Philly in any way unless James just comes here as like a free agent and they figure out what to do with like cap space. I don't know how that works. So I don't know, but like, I don't think that the Rockets, I mean, the Nets owner like, like Sterling Murray very much. So like, I don't, I think part of that, they don't really want to do a deal with them. And plus like you wouldn't trade James Harden to a rival in the East. I think that's really stupid. So.
1: You would just have to absolutely have to like, so Harden would basically have to say,
2: would I have to so, pull a Ben and be like I'm not playing.
3: <laughs> no, he it doesn't well, it doesn't matter. Harden can opt out this summer. So right. he can he'll make more if if he says um you know I want I want to go to Philly and the Nets say all right well you opt in extension and trade but if the nets say they don't want to do that and we're not trading enough to, to Philly but Harden says no I want to go to Philly and I'm willing to sacrifice some money or at least threaten to sacrifice some money to go to Philly and opt out and go there as a free agent then the Sixers will do whatever it takes they'll trade Ben they will trade Tobias they'll trade picks and they'll get off of enough salary to sign Harden which they will do because they'll do whatever it takes to get him and someone will take all of that on to get Ben and picks they'll take Tobias and whatever the 80 million they make between the two of them and that threat of being able to do that and just opt out and go there is why the Nets do it and get something back. But that only happens if Harden says, I'm willing to threaten to take less and I'm only going to Philly.
1: Right. I
2: don't really see the that pr- happening. James wow, Harden really the, likes money. I
3: don't necessarily either, but.
1: I know, that's that's the risk. The risk is that Harden goes, I'll go to Philly or I'll go to my, Miami or I'll go to you know Los Angeles. So that's, that's why I would be worried. And that's why I would not bank on it so heavily. So the other thing that happened this week is that woes reported that um, Sacramento uh, is out of the Ben Simmons sweepstake. It is the supermarket sweep of Ben Simmons. Um, Basically, Sacramento has found Daryl Morey's negotiating a bit abhorrent and they think that he's coming to the table with some uh, asinine offers and they're like, all right, I think we're done here. And now, listen, they did this basically like two weeks before the deadline. And that's a little strange timing. Like, usually this happens on deadline day where teams go, we're done with this. We're moving on to this because it's deadline day. So this is early for this. And to me, this is like Sacramento saying, we're out right now. Hey, Daryl, come back to us when you want to, like, live on earth and actually talk about doing a Ben Simmons trade. Because we would do stop it. wasting our time, stop wasting our time. Like we would, we legit would do. Cause like, now, I don't know. Cause Sam reported a few weeks ago or a month ago that Darren Fox, Tyrese Halliburton are on the table in a Ben Simmons trade. Um, of course, then Shams reported last week that Fox is like the bell of the ball and they would never even think of trading him. Uh, not true. Uh, but that's what Sacramento put out there. So do you guys believe that Sacramento is fully out of the Ben Simmons thing? And like, are, like, did this upset you? Are you worried about it? And like, um, how does this, how do you feel about this? Like for me, Halliburton is like really who I want right now. To me, it's like, this was not good news. Um, but I, I really think more than anything, it's them saying like, hey, Daryl, wake up. Like, I'm tired of this bullshit. Like, can you actually like do some real, like it's getting late here. Like we want to actually do an actual trade instead of all of these ridiculous offers. Um, but I, I honestly don't think that they're legitimately out. Um, because I think that Ben is the best guy who's on the table. Emily, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I don't think that they're legitimately out. It's too far away from the deadline for them to just like cut off all ties and be like, we're not talking about this anymore. Um, and they haven't
1: made any other it's not like they went and traded for Sabonis or somebody like they they haven't done anything yet.
2: yeah I think it's more of like a fake scare tactic I don't really know that Daryl's gonna respond to it the way that they want him to um but I kind of want him to because I also want Halliburton I really like him and I think he would make this team better and he would be really fun to watch um like I'm very like happy about that trade like I want that trade to happen so I'm hoping that they're still in it because I want another player on this team
3: yeah Dan what do you think and and what was your reaction uh functionally I'll say I'm 50-50 on if I buy it um I I'll say um they're probably feeling like they've wasted a lot of time with that um so I think I, I feel that way, by the way. Well, I feel, you I feel that way. <laughs> uh, they're, they might have an idea of, like, you know, the best package they can give without giving Halliburton is just not something the Sixers will take. And I do believe, to some degree, that's where my 50-50 comes in, that Halliburton is now off the table, that they're just saying we would rather have him than Ben right now. We're not going to give him. I do believe that is possible. I'll be 50-50 there um, because I think that they're, that they're, as long as he's available, they're in. So if he's available, they're in it. If he's not available, I don't think they have a package to do it. I don't think they're right. going to take the time after all the time they've wasted to an offer a package that they just know is not going to do it because they know the, the minimum the Sixers are going to take or at least have some idea of the minimum the Sixers are going to take around the deadline for Ben. And so if they really come to the conclusion that they're not giving Halliburton, which I think is definitely possible, then yeah, I buy it. I, I buy that they're out. Um, I, I don't think that they're gonna waste all their time and all their energy uh, just hoping that Daryl does something that he hasn't shown himself to do so far. Or that, you know, I don't think that they're, you know, under the illusion that Ben Simmons is saving that franchise either. And I, I would rather have Halliburton as a Sixers fan. As a Kings fan, I would rather have Halliburton if I were a Kings fan. Um, do do they feel that way i I don't know if they do then yeah then yeah they're out on Ben. and if they don't if that's a bluff i would be thrilled i would love to have hal burton um and then they're very much still in on him because if you're offering hal burton not only are you still in on ben as in like you want him but you really have a chance to get him. that guy's got to save
1: his job i i don't really standing pat is just not going to do it for him now you know trading for Ben Simmons I don't really think that's exactly a parachute either um but I think that he's got to make a big splashy move and I don't think keeping Fox and Halliburton on the roster while they continue to lose every game is going to do it so I don't know I I, you know
2: I don't think I worry
1: that I'm wrong of course well I I don't think think it's good logic
3: but I'll I'll disagree and I'll say that I think that your best chance at keeping that job is to have acquired a good young player who you can convince ownership that this is a guy we can build around. Sure. They have gotten Halliburton. So why give him up for Ben if you're not confident that he's going to come the second half of the season and show that he's that anyway. Like I would keep the guy I'm more confident in and who I can sell myself on and say, I got this guy, whether that's Ben or a guy you already had who you already got. And say, look how good he is. And I, yeah, I would rather have Halliburton for that. Right. Well,
1: we've got, uh, we'll have one more podcast until the trade deadline, and then we'll go from there. Emily, it's that time of the show where we update the standings and predict the week's games. Um, if you will be so kind as to update the standings and then we will predict the week's games, I will. For the life of me, tell us what weeks, what games we have this week. But go ahead.
2: All right. So, me and Steve both went three and zero because we don't pick, predict losses, so it's Correct. going well for us. And Dan went two and one because he's trying to catch up, but it's not going well for him. So I we'll am say we lose to the Lakers.
3: Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I think you specifically said they're annoying.
2: <laughs> yeah, because they're annoying. <laughs> Stand by that, accurate. Um, So I'm in the lead at 30 and 19. Steve's right behind me at 29 and 20. And then Dan is not that far back at 26 and 23.
1: All right, here we go. This week's games, I swear to God are, uh, they play home against Memphis, home against Washington. They play at Dallas and home against Chicago. Four games, home against Memphis, Home against Washington, at Dallas, home against Chicago. Um, uh, I will go first. I think not an easy slate of games here. Um, not an easy one. All right. I, I think, think they're, they're gonna at lose. Chicago. Emily, are you trying to embarrass me?
2: No, I'm just saying I think they're at Chicago.
1: Are they at Chicago?
2: Per the Sixers website, they're at Chicago. 3:30 on Sunday.
1: 3:30 on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Is that and that's not the Super Bowl. That's uh, Pro Bowl, right?
2: Yeah. And they, they like Chicago. And they like flex that Friday night game to ESPN, and now it's on at 10 Eastern. It's 10, rough.
1: 10 Eastern. You guys are gonna have to figure out that game for yourself, listeners. All right. So they're at. I want Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, here's the deal. Home against Memphis, home against Washington, at Dallas, at Chicago. We've got it all figured out. They're going to lose to Memphis. They're, a, they're good, and they're a pain in the ass. They're going to beat Washington, revenge for that afternoon game that may or may not have happened. Um, they're going to beat Dallas. I think Matisse is going to take care of Luka. Um, and we usually beat Dallas. And they've already beat Chicago twice. Will they beat Chicago again? Chicago's got guys out. They're going to beat Chicago. So I've got a three in one week. They lose early in the week to Memphis and then take care of business. Um, Emily.
2: So I think they're going to beat Memphis. I just think they get up for home games a little bit. Memphis is really good. I just think it'll be like a good game, like a – like a last possession kind of game also they played such good defense on that last possession of the sacramento game that was last 11 seconds i like i'm picturing something like that um so we're gonna beat memphis they're going to beat washington they're gonna beat dallas and i think they're gonna lose to chicago i think it's 330 it's like Mm. weird to play in the afternoon that's when they nap it's just not a great time i think they're gonna lose to chicago
3: Dan, I got to make a comeback here. So, oh my God, he's going four, for four losses. 4 0. Oh. 4 0. Oh,
2: oh, four oh. Four this is where he's making it back. Four losses.
3: Come on. I'm going to the Memphis game. This is the game I would pick to lose. I'm going. I can't pick them to lose. And they're not losing the rest of these games. They're going to beat the other three teams. Wow. So, that would be a seven game winning streak. Uh,
1: and would we would have to be very close to first place in this. Wow. Boy, imagine they're winning that many games and Daryl doesn't make a trade. <laughs> that would
3: be some, some I love that like we're so at like beyond the point of like what sports are about here for like and people who are like rooting against them to make a trade to like prove some kind of point or like go get like, It's like you could be first in the east by the end of the week. And if everything goes right and like, you have the MVP of the league and you're just not interested in winning this year. And it's, it's so ridiculous. I, I, am going to go on a little mini rant here. I can't stand it. And it's like, how are you willing? Here's a clip to on this. Here's team? a clip. I, it's just, this is not what being a fan of a sports team is about. This is not what sports are about. If your team has best player in the league and has the best record in their conference And I'm not saying they have the best team, but they're certainly setting themselves up. They are in a position where if they get help before the deadline, it's very reasonable to think they could have the best record going into the playoffs in the East if they could go pick up another player. And they're just good. Like they have a lot of good players. They're not good enough to win right now, but they're not far from being good enough to win. It's just like they don't have the pieces, but they have the one piece that matters most. They're hanging around, they're playing hard how are you willing to just shrug at this for like what, like a 5% chance at James Harden that that's so ridiculous. That that you don't think that you don't think is compromised by making a trade.
1: That's the important thing. You're not yet. It's it's
3: not, but it's like people are like, and it's all Daryl's crap, right? Like it's I think it's so possible that we go into the deadline and Daryl like makes like a, like a solid move. And, you know, he was just putting this out there that he wouldn't because Uh, You know, he wanted to have that be something people thought he would do. It's also possible he's just lost his mind and he's not going to take him or he's going to take him past the deadline. I can't predict Daryl, but like people are so blindly bought in. And, like, before the season, it kind of made sense. But, like, there are people who will not come off of this stance that, like, yeah, we might as well just punt this season. And it's so absurd. Like, why do you even follow? Why watch the team? Why follow the sport at all? If you're willing to give up this Joel season, the the record the team has right now, and just not even try. Just take, like, all of, you know, Ben's movable salary for, like, uh, fringe all-stars that are currently available, which Ben is, by the way. Ben is like fringe on the inside all-star. You could easily get a fringe on the outside all-star that's available who hasn't had a long history of killing his team in the playoffs, but like, or like, what are we doing? What are we talking about? What, how do do you, do you even care? Like, do you even like the team? Like what is the point of you caring about this team? If you don't care about winning now, it doesn't make any sense. Now is your chance. You know, it's like that tweet from last
1: deadline about Masai when they didn't trade, when Toronto didn't trade Lowry. And and he went, Masai just sent a message to the league. Don't try to lowball me, not even, don't even try it. And it's like, listen, if you want to be a Daryl Morey fan, get yourself a Morey jersey and go to the Sloan conference every year and get him to sign your fucking
3: protractor. (laughs) Bro, I don't know what to tell you. Leave me out of it. I don't don't go to the games. And and like we're not uh, my rooting interest is not in whatever like negotiation (laughs) leverage that Darrow will have ten years from now. I don't care. I want Joel Embiid to win a championship. He has a great shot this year. And like it's not worth risking like anything that could happen in the future to say we didn't give it our all in his MVP year. It's it's so ridiculous. It's not in the spirit of fandom or sport at all. And even if you think that even if they get a guy, they don't have a chance this year, which I don't. But again, if you think that with them being a game and a half out of the East and having the MVP, then again, why are you watching? But even if you really believe that, like there are ways to get a player who at clearly ups their odds. Like if you think of it as it's not like a binary thing, like they can win, they can't win. Right. So like if they're at 5%, they, just the nature of how the team's built with having so much dead salary right now, they could go get a guy who gets them to eight, 9%, who's usually not like a 4% kind of player, just how the team is. If that guy fits with Joel and you're just going to not do that because you want like the 2% chance that Harding comes or 5% or whatever it is. But that's not even the only path there. We've already talked about earlier in this episode, like there are ways to make that happen without Ben. I would argue that Ben is not necessary at all. I don't think he even increases your chances of getting harder. And so I, I can't, I can't take it. And it's so absurd to me that people just like not are just okay with it. Like I understand people who are like, you know what? Daryl knows better than I do. Like, whatever. If you are going to take that, like that's fine. If you're rooting for the Sixers to just not try this year, not the players, but management. When the guy who this is all about, besides like just being Sixers fans, like I'm I'm not a Daryl guy, I'm a Joel guy. The guy who has been here, who's done it, who this has been all about, is having an MVP year and your team without Ben Simmons, with Tobias playing worse than he could possibly continue to play the rest of the year with COVID and 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 injuries on other people, on other players on the Emily's roster. gotta go. Let's hear. It. Let's wrap this, this is up. This was
2: like a four-minute rant. I really enjoyed it. This
3: is a four-minute rant. Insane that you think that we shouldn't try with this team. Insane.
1: Listen, this was the podcast. This is what we're here for. Emily, do you have anything to add before we wrap up?
2: No, that was great. Wonderful.
1: congrats um, to
2: the Bengals. Spoiler alert.
3: They won. I don't think it's a spoiler to anyone listening. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, if someone um, was DVRing the game so they could watch tomorrow night and they listen to this, I've ruined it for it's them.
1: It's good to give the spoiler after you say the thing. I think um, that's how you do it. <laughs> um, listen, thank you for listening to the podcast. It's available everywhere. You're listening to it right now. Go go watch it on YouTube. Uh I guess it's right it's blues. Thank you as always to Drew uh, with whom all things are possible. We love you and uh Emma, <laughs> emily go knock them dead um emily do you ever talk a little shit
2: when you're bowling no i'm not good enough to talk shit
1: but that's all oh that's way better unsubstantiated confidence
2: no i i'm just trying to be a good bowler
1: well you're gonna do great thanks um go sixers have a great week everybody we'll talk to you next week and um that's it we love you uh Gastro Blues Pod, Third and Girl uh da pelts 13 steve j lippman go out there and 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 be the best you you can (laughs) and radar podcast radar podcast hey we got such a nice i don't we don't have time to read it but we got such a nice rating uh on whatever that was uh apple or uh spotify we tweeted it out It was very funny and very nice and we'd like more of those and we'll read them on the podcast we'll read that one next time we love you goodbye
2: bye